welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. Hey, this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. What's up, Beth? Oh, you snow. Doing? Snow and ice. Oh, don't even talk to me about snow and ice. I don't even I want to talk about it. <laughs> I can't. Mm-mm. It's actually been funny how we in my area have had none. Yeah, and we have had a crap ton. I know. Everyone in the, like... Eastern Hemisphere, Mm -hmm. except us. (laughs) I know. Essentially, it's like what seventy percent of the U.S. is covered in snow right now. Wild. (laughs) That's really. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, that could have been a meme that somebody totally made up, and it's not actually accurate. So you know, call me out on if it is. But I I would not be surprised because Texas, Texas Mm -hmm. is full of snow right now. (laughs) Oh yeah, it's like Tennessee and. Alabama, Louisiana, like all those southern states. Here here we are, just like right in the middle, literally, of everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yesterday it was like 61. Yeah, and sunny. And we went outside without jackets. Oh, man. Okay, this is pretty sad because today, so I went out and shoveled the other day because it was crazy snowing here. And I was frozen, frozen. Literally, she sent me a picture and her hair had ice in it. That is not yeah. an exaggeration. And it's not because I went out with a wet head. Like my hair just froze. <laughs> like, dry she did froze. what mama said. She dried her hair. <laughs> and today I went out because I didn't shovel after that yesterday because um, more dumped on the ground and I didn't shovel. And so then today I was like, let me go out and just clear the driveway because I was looking at everybody else's with the sun that shined today melt away because they had shoveled later than me. And I Mm. still had like a ton of snow. So anyway, so I shovel and I was out there and I was sweating today as I was. Oh. And it was only 13 degrees. (laughs) Oh no. Mm -mm. So that's how sad it is. I was sweating in 13 degrees. No. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely freaking not. No, ma'am. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want none of that. You keep it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it counted as my workout, I would say. Um, so, I mean, I'm not, you know, slaying dragons like Beth, <laughs> but I am sure. I do slay dragons. <laughs> I do slay them. I didn't slay them today, but I slay dragons for a living I, now. I'm so I have the ring, the ring fit. For Nintendo Switch, which is my kid's video game, by the way. And I bought this intending for them to have a, you know, kids workout exercise game. And it is Mm. so fun. (laughs) And I'm good at it. I'm good at it. I kill those dragons. I slay them. Every day I've been doing this for my workout. Oh, I know because we'll be texting and all of a sudden she's like, I got to go slay dragons. (laughs) BRB. (laughs) Got to go slay some dragons. (laughs) And then I come back and I'm like, I did it. I slayed it. Slayed. And And they're hard. Matching workout outfit and shoes. Yeah, you buy different outfits. (laughs) Come on. You buy different outfits and it gives you power and it gives you more power if your outfits match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's speaking my language and everything. <laughs> so my shoes match my jacket and I had to save up all my coins. And I love it. 
<laughs> it took me three times, even with my new shoes, to slay the dragon yesterday. Three times. And all my kids were sitting on the couch and they were like, come on, mom. Only one more. You only have to do one more. You got it, mom. You go, oh, he took your heart. Drago he took your heart. <laughs> it's fine. It's so fun. It's a it's a family affair. Oh my god. Come sponsor me. <laughs> We're now sponsored by There's your um product of the month. <laughs> this Nintendo Switch Ring Fit. Oh, that's right. We haven't done there one of those in a while. We've it's like 60 bucks on Amazon. You message me. I'll send you the link. <laughs> you know, it's actually funny you were saying the ring fit. And that's a funny, I mean, it's not a funny name because I know that there's like a ring that you're actually holding. But it makes me think of like the ring doorbell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's right, crossing right. over some oh, lines yeah, for true. me. I know. They should have thought about that. Should have marked anyway, it differently. But whatever. it's fine. It is a ring. It's an actual ring mm-hmm. that you hold. Well, look it up. I think it's fantastic and totally look forward to the moment in which she texts, I got to go slay some dragons or (laughs) I just finish slaying dragons (laughs) or I just send a little dragon emoji (laughs) and a little fire. (laughs) Yeah, it's fantastic. I just rocked some dragons world in my (laughs) tie-dye shoes. Hate me. Well, (laughs) I'm super glad that you're just slaying dragons and not like real people. So that's that's true. There aren't any dragons slaying in my story today, though. So I'm sorry to say. I wish there were. (laughs) I wish there was a way to tie this in. (laughs) Fortunately, there's not. So are you ready to hear it? Yes. I'm super excited about this week's episode from you. (laughs) I hope I. I hope I follow through with some good a good story because <clears throat> I enjoyed, it. I'm sorry, what? You've teased it. I have teased it to you. And so I'm hoping that I didn't tease it too much because um, I did enjoy researching this one and it's an interesting one. So we, um, it's a it's pretty sad story though, all the way around. Um, there's some infidelity, mental illness, <clears throat> lack of self-esteem and some innocent victims all rolled into one sad story. And this is the story of Mark and Janair Gerardo. Gerardo. I love that name, Janair, by the way. Janair? Yeah. J-E-N-N-A-I-R. That is pretty. Very different and pretty. She was also very pretty. Can't wait to share the the, uh, pictures with you, but... Anyways, so both their stories begin in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is like the northeast corner of Indiana. It's pretty far up there. And Mark was born in 1968 into a strict Catholic family, and he had 10 siblings, which is not surprising with when you've got a pretty Catholic family that you have oh, a lot yeah. of siblings. He That's had a pretty normal Catholic. It is old school Catholic. I had um, friends growing up that had like, I don't know. I feel like it was like 12 of them. And then there was another family down the street that also had 10 or 12 or something. So anyway, it is very old school. But he had a pretty normal childhood, nothing really to note about it. And he um, went on to college and obtained a bachelor's degree in design from the University of St. Francis, which I believe is in Illinois. 
Janair was also born in a Catholic household in 1970 and had just one sister. And she had a bit of a rough upbringing. Um, apparently, her father was an alcoholic and her mother and her did not get along very well. She kind of thought they were hypocrites um, in their beliefs and what they actually lived. So she mm. just didn't get along and she um, just always spoke her mind. So she wasn't she wasn't one to hold back. So she it got really bad at one point, and she moved out at seventeen to live with her grandparents for a li- a year. And she was kind of a like I said a rebel, spoke her mind a lot, and she ends up moving back home after that year. But then she goes on to college and gets a bachelor's degree in communications and liberal arts from Indiana University Purdue campus. So you know, pretty good. Both Janair and Mark, Janair uh, and Mark, end up in the marketing field later in life. So they're both they're both on the same kind of career path. They meet in 1986. Janair is 16 and Mark is 18. I believe that there was just under two years, so they weren't exactly two years apart. They were just under two years between them, and he was struck by her right off the bat. He stated in a 2020 interview that she was the only person who could make those brown Taco Bell uniforms look good. <laughs> Isn't oh that cute? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I remember the brown Taco Bell yes. uniforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. So You're apparently right. Janair just looked stunning in that. <laughs> so. Anybody that can look good in brown yeah. must be bombshell. They would see each other randomly throughout the years. So they met in 1986, but they just kind of like, it was like in passing. And then they would see each other at like basketball games at the store or whatever, because they lived close by. But it would be another four years before they actually got together where they would run into each other. And Janair apparently just said to him at one point, well, are you going to ask me out or not? (laughs) Yeah. Goes on to her like, um, just saying what's on her mind and not holding back and not caring what anybody thought. Cause if he wasn't going to ask her out, she was probably like, ah, fine, whatever. But he did. So, <laughs> and that's where it all began for them. So we fast forward a few years and to October 23rd, 1993, when the two of them get married and Mark talks fondly about Janair and their marriage. Um, you know, they have a, pretty typical marriage. He fell in love with her right off the bat. So he was just more enamored with her. Um, and some friends warned Mark not to marry her because she seemed a little bit controlling kind of because of the usual stuff like, Oh, he didn't hang out with his friends as much anymore, or she found some reason not to like them or whatever, which kind of happens sometimes even after you get married, because, you know, like you've got all your single guy friends and maybe you're not hanging out with them as much anymore because you're married now. And yeah, I know it doesn't always happen. Well, it also could be just because you grow up a little bit. Right. Exactly. You grow up and you grow apart. And so it's not unusual for it to happen. So they had their ups and downs like all marriages, but overall they seemed like a really good team. They both had good jobs. They bought their house in 1998, their first house in Fishers, Indiana, and they talked about having kids and it was always part of their plan, but it just never happened. There would always be some reason not to try like, you know, 
careers going well or financial reasons or health reasons or whatever. Nothing major health related, but there would just always be something, a reason not to try having kids. There's never a good time to have kids. Well, yes, exactly. I'm just going to say that. Like, if you wait for the right time, you will literally die. <laughs> like that's waiting, exactly what it's just never convenient. Was told to us, like, if you're going to oh. wait, then you just, you'll, you'll never find the right time to no. do it. So, but they're I, the most inconvenient things on the planet. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So for whatever reason, it just never happened. Maybe it wasn't in the cards for them. So in 2001, Janair was doing so well in her career and was so successful. It gave Mark the opportunity to quit his job and start his own business. He started Gerardo and Company, which was a small branding and marketing firm. He started it out of their home, and it grew into a larger company, and after a couple of years, they needed to rent office space and actually hire employees. So in 2004, Janair ends up losing her job, and she's, like I said, they were she was in marketing as well, and she was doing super well. She was very sought after, but it was just at the time, that time, things were downsizing, like, and so she just ended up being one of the people that lost her job. So... <clears throat> Gerardo and company was thriving. So Mark just told her, well, why don't you just come work for us? Like, you know, you can just be part of the company. Six months later, all of the employees asked to meet him outside of the office. And they just basically gave him an ultimatum saying that either Janair had to go or they were going to go. Because apparently her position wasn't really clearly defined. And so she was kind of taking over in all areas, which isn't terrible if she's a really good businesswoman, but she needed to have her niche and like be told this is what you need to do. Cause other than that, she kind of treated it as your, I'm the boss's or the owner's wife. And so mm. you need to. Well, it's to... her family business. So you do kind of take things like that personally. Right. Yes, exactly. So <clears throat> not, not surprising. And she is a bit of a hard ass too. So, you know, some people just couldn't take it. She wasn't very much um, – she was successful in marketing and helped the business, but she kind of lacked those people skills to handle and also respect the employees. One of the employees ended up quitting and one got fired, but in the end they ended up with a small, strong team to build the business. And things were going so well, and the housing market was in great shape that they decided to upgrade. So they sold their little first house and bought a larger house in 2005 with plans to fix it up and flip it. Four short years later, though, we all know what happened. And we do. 2009, oh. the bubble burst. And oh, the yes. housing market went down the drain, and it crumbled. And they also started to take a hit in, in their business as well. Their clients were dropping like flies and some had even stopped paying them because they're ha- struggling in their business and they really can't afford somebody to be marketing for them. And so they just weren't even getting paid. So now they're struggling with the company because they're both working for a company who's that's struggling. And the house that they plan to flip is now basically not an investment anymore. They're just basically going to have to live in it, which they're fine with, but it wasn't in their plan. And so, like many cases, finances started to put a strain on their marriage, and they start to argue. They were working together, living together. So this, I mean, I don't know what that's like. 
<laughs> to work and live with, some, with somebody. So um, I feel like at times living with somebody is enough to be yeah. a strain. <laughs> right. So, like, so imagine true. if you're like, you know, you're going to work and <laughs> coming home to them. So in 2011, they have to get out of their lease for the company because they can't afford to <clears throat> to keep that space, the office space. And Mark started to work from home in the basement. Janair ended up getting a c- contract work doing marketing projects for a local insurance company. So she kind of ventures off of the Gerardo and company. Um, one day in 2011, Mark gets a call from a friend. And this friend is letting him know about a job as a creative director for a small web-based firm. His job would be to build a creative team and build it into a digital agency. And this was in Greenville, South Carolina. So they didn't really have a plan to move. But at this point, with things just, you know, happening, everything went downhill and their marriage is getting kind of rocky because they're arguing a lot. They're like, well, maybe this is just what they need. They need some sort of change. Let's go for it. So they decide to start over basically their lives and move to Greenville. So he goes first to South Carolina and Janair stays behind to sell their house. And not long after Janair comes, it's only like a month or two that Janair is up there, um, is in Indiana without Mark. And then she goes to South Carolina to join him. And years later, Mark will find out that Janair was actually considering leaving him at this time. He doesn't know it, but he finds out. I mean, just recently he actually found that out. Um, She was thinking it was the perfect opportunity because they weren't getting along very well to end things and just to start over separately since he was moving. But in the end, I guess she ended up just saying, oh, you know what? No, we've gone through this much. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, you know, just move to South Carolina. So she does. Anyway, things were getting a bit better for them, and Mark even says that between the years of 2012 and 2016 were the happiest years of their marriage. Janair ends up landing a job not long after they moved to South Carolina. She is a marketing manager for a large parts manufacturer in Greenville, and in 2013, they take a trip out to Denver. They had gone there years before on a work trip for Janair, and they had absolutely loved it. So they just decided they wanted to go on a vacation. And while they're out there, they decided that this is where they really want to be. They love Denver. This is where we want to be. So Mark starts to search for jobs out there and is just always looking, and he's not even trying to hide it. So his employer in South Carolina knows that he doesn't intend to stay, but, you know, I mean, he's still working, he's doing what he needs to do, but he's, you know, going on interviews every now and then, and they all know that this is happening. It's a known thing. Wow. So eventually in 2000, so Janair has this job also in South Carolina, but in November of 2016, Janair takes another blow to her ego when she was again let go from her job. And this one kind of caused a blow to their marriage because she, you know, had been let go one other time, had trouble finding a job. Now she's got this job and then she's let go again. And she was really successful in what she was doing. And so she then tries to go out to find jobs, but she ends up being overqualified for many of the jobs she's going for because 
firms at this time were looking for young talent that they oh, yeah. can mold and not pay a lot exactly. for. Exactly. I was just going to say that. That became the trend during that time frame too. Yeah. And she's 47 and was super successful. And, you know, there's like, yep, yeah, no, you know, whatever. Which sucks. No, no six-figure paycheck here, lady. Yeah, exactly. So she ends up getting a job as a cashier at a grocery store. So you can just imagine. No, I cannot. Oh, my. What that is like for her and how she must have been battling just fighting through depression silently because, you know, she just feels like she's worthless and, you know, she can't get a job. Although now, thank the Lord for our grocery store workers. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, my goodness. The real heroes. Exactly. So not long after that, in early 2017, the company that Mark worked for basically decided that it was time for him to move on. Like, we know you don't really want to be here. It's now become a distraction between you and your team because you're going for interviews here and there and like you're doing your job, but everyone knows that you don't want to stay. So it's kind of, it makes it hard for a team to like stay cohesive when they know that somebody wants to exit at some point sure so they basically just say like hey you've got six months we'll keep you on because we like you but you got six months to find another job and then we're done so here's where things really begin to unravel for mark and janair and we will get into that part of the story after the break Hey guys, our friends Jess and Bryce over at What Happened in the Woods just celebrated their one-year podiversary yesterday. We're so excited for them, and we wanted to make sure you knew about them. So if you haven't already checked them out, please go do so, and stay tuned for a short promo after this. Thanks a lot. Hey, podcast listeners. Are you obsessed with true crime? If you're like us, you can't get enough. Hi, I'm Jessica, and together with my husband Bryce, we created a little podcast by the name of What Happens in the Woods. We're just your average couple living normal lives who felt the need to share our love for true crime and sensational cases with the world. We talk about crime stories that take place in the Pacific Northwest, and we want nothing more than to share them with you. Come join us every first and third Friday of the month as we take a deep look into the dark and twisted stories of the Pacific Northwest here at What Happens in the Woods. Episodes are available for download on any listening platform or on our website, www.whathappensinthewoods.com. It isn't for the faint of heart, but we promise it'll be worth it. So, Janair is working at a grocery store and Mark is on the job hunt. That's where we we left with. In August of 2017, he sees a job for a creative director at the University of Delaware. And he had just spent years. that's not in Denver. (laughs) No, it's not. So, yeah. So, they really wanted to live out there. But at this point, he's kind of like, well, i got to find something. So, he was going for interviews like all over the place. But this one just caught his eye. Um, and the last firm that he had worked for was an agency who specialized in higher education marketing. So that's why it caught his eye. Um, he, like I said, does interview all over, but he's really drawn to this. And so in October, 2017, he has a phone interview 
and is then invited for a formal meeting with the whole team. And this is where Meredith Chapman enters the story. Oh, she no. is. She is a 32-year-old who just the year before had run for the state Senate in Delaware and only lost by 700 and something votes, by the way. She is married to a city councilman, Luke Chapman, and they've been married for about nine years. She was a NCAA Division I cheerleader. Of course and, she was. Yes, of course she was. She was the executive marketing director of the University of Delaware and an adjunct professor there. Whoa. Yes. Yeah, yeah Meredith. And she's pretty accomplished for a 32-year-old and beautiful, by the way. You'll see in pictures. Her family describes her as a beacon of light, loved by her, loved her family fiercely. She's a compassionate friend and among the most talented and innovative professionals in her field. I believe it. During, yeah, I believe it too, based on everything and also based on how Mark was like drawn to her during this. During the interview, Mark is struck by how smart she is and how professional. He immediately wants to work for her because he sees great things happening on her team. Within days, he's offered the job and he spends the next few weeks preparing to move. Again, Janair will stay behind for a little bit to get their home ready to be sold or leased, whatever needs to happen in that time. So in early November, he makes the move by himself to Newark, Delaware. On his fourth day on the job, he's invited to some big meeting at the university. And after the meeting, Meredith says, hey, you want to go debrief and go grab a drink somewhere? So he's like, yeah, sure. So they go, but they don't really talk about work at all. They just chat and get to know each other. Mark admits to opening up a lot about his career and his marriage to Janair and how they've had their kind of ups and downs. And, you know, we're, we're on a slippery slope here, Mark. You don't chat about your mo- – you know, marriage problems to the pretty young 32-year-old boss. <laughs> wow, that's a lot to unpack in that sentence, but <laughs> I agree with it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Figured you would. So um, they get along really well, and she's pretty, she's smart, and she thinks he's just as great as he thinks she is and has an impressive resume, resume and she tells him a lot how great he is and he's just feeling like he hasn't heard these things from Janair in a long time and so you know clearly you're drawn to someone who is giving you the attention Mark basically is working there for a few more weeks and then it's Thanksgiving break and Janair had convinced him basically to stay there because they wanted to save money she was like you know it's just going to be the two of us anyways what are we going to do like why come all the way to South Carolina just stay up there and it's fine so he stays during the break, and that Saturday after Thanksgiving, a coworker of theirs was moving, and so he had agreed to kind of help move, you know, let's get to know some more people and whatever. So he goes and helps this coworker move, and Meredith also goes to help this coworker move. And following that, they head out to grab some dinner together. And at the end of the night, what do you uh-huh. think happens? <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. Well, not quite, but they did kiss. (laughs) (laughs) But immediately Mark feels guilty and is like, nope, mm -mm, can't do this. Like, I'm married. She's married. Like, we we shouldn't do this. Janair's going to be moving here in mid-December. This just can't happen. So the next day, they just kind of go their separate ways, whatever. Next day, they plan to go for a jog together. 
And they kind of... It's not going your separate ways, P.S. Okay. (laughs) Going their separate ways that night. Got it. Okay. Well, kudos, but no. Kudos. (laughs) So they go for a jog and they both kind of don't... They just don't talk about it. They ignore the fact that this kiss happened. They don't chat about it until right at the end when Mark reiterates that, you know, there's a line and we can't cross it and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's kind of upset about this, like, felt like... Maybe I believe that I read somewhere that she was kind of like, well, gosh, I should have just kissed you again as soon as we started like met today. And maybe you wouldn't be saying this to me now. And he's in his head is kind of thinking, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Anyway. Hmm. So days later, Mark is scheduled to go for an interview in Denver. So he had this interview. He had gotten the job in Delaware, but you know, the whole Denver thing is still out there. And he had had this one planned. So he was like, well, I'm still going to go because this was our plan and why not, you know, it would make Janair happy clearly. So I'll just still go to this interview. But while he's on the trip, all he can think about is Meredith. Meredith. And he decides that he really does not want this job and wants to stay in Delaware. But he also doesn't really know if he wants to ruin his relation with relationship with Janair after 24 years of marriage. So he's really, really torn. But over the next course of the next few months, Meredith and Mark clearly grow closer and basically are having a full-blown affair. I'm not sure if they are sleeping together. It's not really mentioned (laughs) if they are or not. Um, I just assumed they were, but Later details. I mean, that's an affair. Well, yeah, but there's um, there's also an emotional affair, which true, I true. almost feel like is worse. Oh, 100%. Like, they're, they're, the way theirs started, having a drink, him talking to her about his marriage, blah, 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 that is worse to me than if you had just gone out and had a one-night stand to me. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. like him either way, but. Like, right. Yeah. Let's don't sign <laughs> up for like either, either one, how about? Because. No. However, I feel like that's worse. You're on an emotional level. Anyway. Yeah, and it's continued. It's an investment at that point. Yes. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. So at this point, I should also mention that I'm not really 100% sure about Meredith's ma- marriage. It was mentioned at one point that she said their marriage had been uh, like over for years and it was just a facade because they were both involved in politics and kind of needed to put that on. But and that her husband actually knew she was spending time with Mark, but I don't really have a whole lot to confirm that. So I'm not entirely sure, but that's kind of the assumption at this point. So within weeks, Janair <clears throat> had moved to their apartment in Delaware, and she notices changes in Mark's behavior and attitude and asks him about it randomly, and he, you know, denies anything is happening. So she had been suspicious pretty early on when Mark said that they were having their first drink and would make comments like, just don't fall in love with her, you know? Oh. Yeah. And he would constantly insist that it was a professional relationship, not to worry, yada, yada, yada. And, but Janair would just not let up on the questioning. And so finally, so she moves mid-December. On New Year's Eve, Mark finally breaks down and just says, okay, I think we need to take a break from our marriage and take a step back and I need to figure things out. Why don't these men tell you these things when you've not moved from five states away? Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, could you not have called me three weeks ago and had this conversation seriously? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, you would think. But of course, he was he was torn at the time. So I guess, I don't know. I mean, I think that was pretty early on and he didn't really know that he wanted to, like I said, ruin his 24-year marriage, but you've already ruined it. <laughs> so like, whatever. He just waited till it was the most inconvenient. Cool. Right. Cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted to be face-to-face with her, you know. <laughs> so anyway, so they start to go to counseling because, um, again, he's still on the fence. Wow. And he... Because he spent so many years with Janair and this other woman, is she really worth blowing up, blowing up his marriage? So as he's preparing to go to their third session of counseling, he's putting on a jacket and he notices a small bulge in like the lapel. He cuts it open and finds a listening device that was <gasps> sewn into it. <laughs> yes. So Janair admits that she had put it in there and that she wouldn't have to do it if he would just be honest with her. She sewed it in his jacket, a wire? She sewed in, like, yeah, it was kind of almost like a USB-like type thing. So it was kind of thin (laughs) in his Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they go through weeks of trying to figure things out and going to counseling, but Mark finally decides that he will file divorce for divorce in May of 2018 after they fulfill the Delaware state's requirement of being – Residence. You have to be six months residence to file for divorce, apparently, in Delaware. So okay. once they get to that mark, that's at the point at which he's going to file to divorce. And over the course of the next few months, there's up and down moments between them. And basically, Janair asks that they both remain in the apartment together, that they go for walks as often as they can, have dinners together, and just spend as much time together as they can before the official split. Oh, my goodness. She's trying. Yeah. And she is just, like, beside herself that this is happening. She, you know, felt betrayed and whatnot. Mark agrees to it, figuring he at least owes her that much after their long relationship. And I mentioned the up and down moments just a minute ago, but these would – These moments, the down moments, would come as Janair would confront him randomly about things that he had talked to Meredith about. And she would say, like, because he'd be like, wait, how do you even know that I was talking about that today? Or whenever he had that discussion and she'd bring it up, she'd say that she'd hired a fire, uh, a private investigator and that she has ears all over town, like, you know, it could be the cashier at the hardware store that overheard you or, you know, whoever at the coffee shop that <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So if my husband was having an affair, 100%, this would be my game plan. Like, <laughs> even if I didn't have ears everywhere, I would literally make him the most paranoid person on the planet. <laughs> that would be my plan. It's it's effective. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's effective. She ends up, Janair ends up contacting Luke, Meredith's husband, and tells him of the affair, which in turn causes issues for Meredith, clearly, and they end up filing for divorce as well. Janair also sends a letter to the University of Delaware to make them aware of their affair. Oh, gosh. And their, their boss ends up separating them, so they kind of splits up the team that they're working on because they're all on the marketing team. So like they split them so that he's now not reporting to Meredith. He's reporting to the, the, you know, the one above Meredith and 
they had to separate what they were doing. So anyways, it causes a big, big ruckus. And then HR ends up getting involved and start to start an investigation. And they're basically worried about losing their jobs because I don't think based on the university rules that you are supposed to have a relationship with Mm -hmm. other faculty. But anyway, I think that's kind of a generic like rule in most universities. But anyway, at this point, Meredith goes for a job at Villanova. She decides, all right, I'm going to go. I'll just get another job somewhere, and then we don't have to worry about all this nonsense. And that that would move her to Pennsylvania. So Mark and her talk about the plans, their plans, and that he's going to move to Pennsylvania as well at some point, but not until the dust settles, the dust settles and after they can officially file for divorce, because he has to stay a resident of Delaware for a little longer. So Mark's just complying with Janair's request to spend as much time together as they can. And so they're still living together. They're going on hikes. They're going out to dinner. He's just doing what he can to get to May when he can file for divorce. And Janair will bring up the affair randomly and, you know, when they're spending time together. So she has some good days and bad. Some days she feels like she's being thrown out like trash and being replaced with a younger model. And so, and who can honestly blame her? I mean, it's kind of is what happened. And on April 21st, 2018, Meredith moves to Pennsylvania and Mark's helps her, Mark helps her move. He stays there all day helping her unpack whatnot. And they just end up having dinner and he stays a little later than he expected to. And, um, you know, sends a text to Janair and is like, I'm not going to be home until whatever time. And she's like, don't worry, I'm not home anyway. So the next day he has, Oh Lord, um, she followed him there. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) The next day they had a plan to spend the entire day together. So they went hiking and they went to lunch And she randomly brings up the idea that Mark and Meredith slept together the night before. And he just kind of ignores her. He's like, you know what? This is kind of like par for the course here. She just randomly throws these little jabs at me and I'm just, I'm not going to like play into it. I'm just going to ignore it. And they end up spending more time together that day and make plans to have dinner the next day. Well, yes, because that was April 22nd. On April 23rd, Mark is waiting for Janair at the restaurant they had chosen. She texts him, I'm going to be late. I made a wrong turn. He's like, fine, no problem. I already ordered some wine. I'll order some for you. Like, whatever, no big deal. After a bit, they exchange a few more texts about their dog. Apparently, there was some sort of misunderstanding. Like, um, somebody was supposed to go and let the dog out. But when that person got there, she couldn't find the dog. So she was in a panic. Like, where did you let the dog out and not, like, remember to let him in? Anyway, it was like a ridiculous string back and forth. And then she's like, forget it. I'm too upset about this. I'm not coming. Like, I'm just going to go home. I'm, I don't want to deal with this anymore. So he's like, fine. Well, I already ordered dinner. So I'm just going to sit here and eat my dinner and then I'll be home. She's like, okay, whatever. So a little bit later, he gets a text and it's a picture of a pile of trash. And in the middle of this pile is a used condom. And all she says is, you bleeped her. In the text. <laughs> you can fill in the word for bleeped, right? And brought the condom home from Delaware? Well, no. <laughs> okay. So they exchange a few more texts and Mark realizes that she is at Meredith's apartment going through Meredith's <gasps> trash can. And so he's like, okay. Or not her apartment, her house. So he's like, all right, I got to pay the bill and I got to leave. Now, you got to call Del- Meredith. Right. Well, he does. 
and so Delaware, where they are in Delaware and where she is in Pennsylvania, it's about 40 minutes probably away. So like not a hard drive to like, you know, get to clearly. So he immediately starts paying the bill and leaves and he gets these texts consecutively from Janair. You ruined my life. I hope you never find happiness. Goodbye, Mark. So she stops answering him at that point, And Meredith is not answering him, his calls or his texts. And so he's basically like, I'm going to Meredith's. And when he enters Meredith's house, he finds Meredith face down on the ground. And feet from her in a pool of blood is Janair. She <gasps> had shot and killed Meredith and then turned the gun on herself and pulled the trigger. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Such. Ugh. Ugh. Mark has since found all of the things that he missed over the course of their marriage and especially over the, like, last few months of their marriage that was like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I see these things happening? Like, she needed help. She did go to counseling and was, like, telling a counselor all the things that she was doing to like investigate Mark. And this counselor was telling her, like, you need to stop. It's not healthy for you. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he found receipts for surveillance. Surveillance. I have such a hard time saying that word. You can't say Massachusetts. I can't say surveillance. Surveillance. <laughs> surveillance. <laughs> surveillance. Equipment. GPS trackers for both of their cars. Oh my goodness. She's putting them on her car too, on Meredith's car too. And, oh. like, found all of the data that she downloaded it from. And so his car was labeled, like, Mark the Liar. And her car was labeled, like, M Whore. Oh. Okay. She had 12 notebooks full of transcriptions from all of the listening devices that she had on him. Which, by the way, she would sew into his clothes, whether it was the lapel or the pocket or whatever, the lining of his pants. She would take them out, download, and then sew them back in. I mean, she was committed to this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it had all started back in January. So she had only moved mid-December. She was, right. like, she was on his trail immediately. <sighs> and she, it started with a background check she did on Meredith at the end of um, January. And from there, she just went downhill. She bought a gun on March 20th. I was and just going to ask where she got the gun. Yeah. She was anti-gun before this, like 100%. And she bought the gun on March 20th, same day. Like, I guess all you have to do is prove residency or something in Delaware, and you can just walk out of the store with a gun. Oh, goodness. Really? She went... Yeah, because he then went at some point and asked and tried to get it. And she, he was like, all you need is, you know, like, yeah, you can walk out. I can get you this gun if you have ID or whatever it is. Like, oh I do a quick my. background. They do a quick background check, like, right then and there. But as long as, like, nothing shows up, it's not like a background check. And then a Well, she wouldn't have had anything with. in her background anyway. Right, exactly. She, she was clear. She's right. never done anything in her life. So she went for lessons to use that gun on the 27th, target practice on the 29th and on, April, and on April 20th, and also was at target practice the day of the murder, just hours before. She was seen outside Meredith's house by the neighbors. Now, Meredith's only living there two days. 
So in those two days, the neighbors had seen her, but she was wearing a wig, big sunglasses, and a trench coat. I mean, she was deep undercover. <laughs> I'm not mean to laugh, but like, oh I gosh. I know. I yeah. It's just to- how is it this was not totally a movie? like cliche. Exactly, it was totally cliche. Like she's walking around with wigs and big glasses and a trench coat. Like nobody's gonna think that that's <laughs> unusual. <laughs> right. Anyway. She quite literally went crazy with all that she was finding out through all of this. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, there, there's, he has written a book and there is way more detail in this book that you can find out and stuff. And it's so very interesting how much she delved into their relationship in that short amount of time and just was like, this is not, I mean, she decided, I think right away, like, not if he's if he's if I can't have him nobody's gonna have him and I don't want to live I'm pretty sure so anyway he's now living in San Diego he moved away from there about a year after it all happened he was a suspect like immediately he's a suspect in this thing but they you know pretty quickly once they find all the stuff in their apartment and search the apartment and all her stuff like they figure it out um but he he only stayed there about a year and then moved to San Diego and again, wrote this book. And I will say it's called uh, Irreparable. Irreparable? Irreparable? Is that how you would say that? It's not Irreparable. I think so. Irreparable. Um, and all the prophets are actually, he's not profiting off of this. He didn't want to profit off of this. He wanted the story to be out there. He said that if he, people are judging him either way on this story. Hmm. Um, and he's like, if people want to judge me, that's great, but at least judge me on the facts. And here's all the facts and so the prophets actually all go to this um, adopt a golden place in Atlanta because it's where they got their dogs when they were married. They had a like heart for golden retrievers. And so the, all the prophets are going to this golden retriever. Oh, my. Center. I did not see that coming. No, no. And that's why I see the golden retriever foundation coming. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mention their dogs, which I mean, it's a huge part of their life. But um, it, it makes me not like it makes me not as mad at him. Well, that's what I said to like earlier before we even started. I didn't like tell you a whole lot, but I was like, I'm not really mad at him. I'm not mad at her. Like they made mistakes in their marriage. He made a huge mistake in his marriage. Yeah, don't cheat. Like just don't yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Right. And with this whole like, well, we'll g-, like it's never a good time to have a baby. It's never a good time to get divorced. Like, okay, <laughs> it's inconvenient. We get it. But like he totally strung her along. Yeah, was taking her out on dates, taking her on hikes. Like, I don't love that. Right. Well, and c- clearly, like, she's mentally unstable and, you know, all of this. Which he didn't know, but. Exactly. And that's another thing. Like, pay attention to signs because I'm sure that there were signs throughout the marriage. I mean, the friends a long time ago said, you shouldn't marry this woman. She's controlling. And apparently, Again, something else I found out in the book, like he, she hadn't talked to his family in 10 years because there was some stupid falling out, you know, and so she would like kind of just isolate herself with Mark. She didn't need anything else but him the entire marriage and which, you know, you do, you do need outside stuff. Like you can't oh, sure. just rely on that one person. Yeah, you can't. That's not healthy for sure. Yeah. So there was things, you know, she was clearly had some mental stuff going on and he didn't pick up. She, she's hurt. Yes. She killed somebody. And so this was Meredith innocent. I, I mean, I, 
I don't know. She hung out of with course, a married, married man. But... Wasn't in- innocent, but I always do think that it is interesting how women, and it is a little bit different now, I think culturally, but like we really do blame the other person instead of yeah. blaming the person who actually hurt us. Mm-hmm. I think just in general, we always want to blame the outside party, which they're not innocent. Like, right. I, I understand you can be mad at them, but like, they're not your target. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like you, you can't ever work it out with the third party. Right. That's n- you're never going to get anything from that. So like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got for you. That was a long one, actually. <laughs> I was literally the entire time you were telling that story, like what is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> because it was so much lead up and then it was like and then she shot her and then she was dead <laughs> like the whole time I was like what is going to happen and then who's gonna die who's well gonna it's die like in this story their backstory was like the entire story I mean yeah. like it just all of it led up to that one second essentially I mean yeah five seconds whatever it was <laughs> I mean, because who knows? I don't know. Did she confront her first? Did like who knows what she did? Or did she just walk in? I don't. It did I say she laid in wait. Oh my god! <laughs> what is this? That. Is a yeah. I love it. <laughs> all, all all of them do. All of them yep, do. They all do. Well, that was yeah. a great story. Yeah. Thanks. You didn't hurt it. Never. Yeah. See, don't you feel like that's a big one to not I think hear? It should like... be a movie. I think it should be a movie that they should do right after they do the candy movie (laughs) then they need to do this one because those are crazy stories yeah yeah for real a woman scorned i tell you that was a good one Mm -hmm. i liked it if you guys liked it come tell us come see pictures on social media of these beautiful people Mm. that are no longer with us don't cheat on your wives or your husbands (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's not just limit it to the men. <laughs> Divorce. You know what I mean? Don't cheat on your partners, period, because you might die. <laughs> it's true. I mean, <laughs> somebody's going to die. Morbidly true, and we're here for that. So, anyway, come find us on all the things Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website. Send us an email. Case suggestions, always welcome. Bring them in. We're kind of setting up our 2021 lineup. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get in on the action, please do that. Um, it's really fun to follow us on social media. We're still doing Black History Month. So, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So catch catch us on that. That's been really fun. I've really enjoyed going back and listening to some of our older episodes that we've done. So we would love for you guys to come and hear these stories and go back and listen too to the bad audio. <laughs> we were just talking about that, but do it. That's sweet. Anyway, and give us a rating, give us a review. We've gotten a lot of sweet reviews lately, which we really love. So come shout us out if you feel so inclined and be nice. And always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet. <laughs>